In the spring of 2021, Jinx Monsoon and Nick Zahoya recorded a Futurama recap podcast. For reasons unknown, it was never released. These are the raw tapes. I'm 40% I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to another episode of I'm 40% Podcast, the Futurama Review Podcast. I'm here, as always, with this little dirt bag. I wish you could see him. He's never looked more stoned. I don't think he's bathed. He's my son and best friend, <laughs> Kamikaze Nick Soy. Okay, no, I. <laughs> Mom, I wasn't even. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was just gonna let you do it. It was <laughs> and all you're in self your sabotaging. Eyes. You're self sabotaging. <laughs> you're letting your inner saboteur ruin your intro. Can you please do it for real this time? But faster, because that was too long. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's your girl, Jinx, here with 40% Podcast. This episode eight is going to be great. I'm here with Nick Sahoya, my comedy partner and, um, uh, you know, friend, um, former roommate. And we're very excited. Quit while you're ahead. Quit while you're ahead. That was really good. <laughs> and we're very excited um, because we have a very exciting guest with us today. It's Solomon Giorgio. Hi. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Hi, um, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, Nick never shuts up about you. Oh, um, I'm pretty sure you're the baby. reason you. Um, <laughs> I'm sh- sure you're the reason that Nick moved to LA. I assure you, um, I'm one of, I'm the reason why most people move to LA. Uh, <laughs> Solomon was the first ever gay comedian from Seattle to move to Los Angeles. And I, 10 years later, got my, my little tickets here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's been nine years. It took you a while. <laughs> well, you know what? I had to stop in San Francisco for two years. And then I got not here. even, not even two years. <laughs> that that whole blip in our lives, <laughs> that whole year and a half long hiccup. <laughs> I made a lot of friends there because I actually lived there. Yeah, <laughs> you, you were I mean, gone a lot. <laughs> you know what's so fa- okay? So Solomon, brief history. Um, Why do you keep saying Solomon? <laughs> is there a different way I should say it? Take your Solomon. time. Take it's your time of, oh. with the name. So, so, I'm Solomon. <laughs> I'm, I'm not used to these biblical names. It's just, it's <laughs> like, I know how to pronounce. It sounds like you're saying sullen man, which Solomon is not. I don't even know what that means, but I'll take it. A sullen person? Like a a dour, sad person? That's not you. Oh, Solomon. I guess some... Can I call you <laughs> Salmon? Salmon. <Yeah>. Solomon. <laughs> 
I once went to order coffee and the barista spelled my name as salmon, but the person that gave me my drink pronounced it correctly. So <laughs> it was. <laughs> they must have overheard everything and was sitting there shaking their head at their. <laughs> so Solomon and Jinx. Yeah. Uh, you both are Hulu people now. Um, oh, goodness. Jinx just had a Hulu movie with our friend Dela, and Solomon has written for every show on Hulu, <laughs> including, <laughs> show on Hulu. including Woke and High Fidelity and others. <laughs> Shrill. There's a third. <laughs> Shrill, yes, so good. <laughs> Shrill, oh my gosh, I just binged watched. Sh- 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 I just, <laughs> I just binged drank. I just drank before this and it just hit me. Um, no, I just binged watch all of Shrill. Oh, I absolutely love it. Um, hey. There's just I could rave on and on about that show, but it's not. The Shrill Podcast. Um, But I will say that, like, having lived in Seattle for 11 years and um, the show being inspired by so much of Lindy West's work, Mm -hmm. who's a friend and who also lived in Seattle. And so, like, the experiences in the show are based on experiences (laughs) she had in Seattle. But the show is set and filmed in Portland, where I was born and raised and in watching the show. So it really fucks with my mind because I... I'm like, it's about <laughs> Seattle, but it's set in Portland, and I'm very familiar with both, and and that person's supposed to be this person in my real life, and like, and I'm friends with half the people <laughs> like, that are being parodied here. Um, hey. It's a really good show. Congratulations, Solomon. Thank you. We're coming at it from both angles, because I think we've never met, yet we have know almost all the same people. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, um, we were talking about so many funny things before we began recording, because Nick of stunning producer. Uh, I didn't say no one is allowed to record. You could have hit record on the, you're hosting the Zoom. That's your one job. Um, I have seven. You have one. You didn't hit the record button on the Zoom. Listen, the point is I'm filling the listeners in, okay? Before we began recording, um, we were talking about how Solomon and I almost met at a bar once or kind of met at a bar once, but (laughs) I was trying to get laid, so I had a tunnel vision. It was back when I drank, so, you know, the memory of this blurs into every other memory of being at a bar in L.A. trying to get laid and and Nick trying to... um, you know, strong arm me into a new friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we finally made it happen. It just took one pandemic and one one Futurama podcast. (laughs) About five years. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just years of attempted failure, but it's fine. Here we are now (laughs) during a pandemic over the internet. Solomon. (laughs) (laughs) Let me take this one, Jake. Solomon, have you ever seen Futurama before? I have seen Futurama many times over. I think it's like it's refreshing. It's. I think it's actually. I would say it's the better work of Magroni. I think it's it's my favorite. Like I love early Simpsons, but I think Futurama is perfect from beginning to end. Yeah, I think there is possibility that disenchantment might become Matt Groening's, um <laughs> I avoid saying his name, I avoid enunciating his name because I <laughs> hate trying to say it correctly. But um, <laughs> I've never said it correctly. I just try. I just do it differently every time. <laughs> um, 
uh, I think Disenchantment is pretty damn good, but Futurama kind of has, beyond the seniority, it just kind of has the, like, um, the magic of all the Mm -hmm. right things falling into place at all the right moments. But, you know, Futurama definitely takes a huge dip. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, after it comes back. But sort sort of the cool thing about Futurama is... There's only 10 seasons of it, so it's not like mm-hmm. South Park where you just get sick of the same thing over and over again. But the show ran because it was canceled like three times. The show <laughs> ran for like 17 years. So you kind of get to have topical <laughs> ideas from all across this like 20 year spectrum. But here's when the thing. You map it out like that. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> There's a line, I think it's like the 300th episode or something, where they're like, it's our 300th delivery. That's almost <laughs> one a week <laughs> or whatever. Oh. <laughs> uh. It's well. I think for me, I think it's like the the, the dip in Futurama is like a a dip in comparison to itself, not a dip in comparison mm-hmm. to other work. So it's like it's still pretty great <laughs> if you don't. If you, that's I will such say a there's point. two episodes I actively dislike, and I think that's it. We have some episodes that we call optional or <laughs> just throwaway <laughs> episodes, like um. Uh, but the today's Yeti? episode is pre- yes. The we Yeti. always bring up the Yeti, but today's episode is actually quite a good episode. Um, Such a good one. It's it's wonderful for satire. It's wonderful for writing. It's wonderful for like they found ways to get my brain at a young age thinking about things that were important, but not in a preachy way that like made me feel threatened or felt dumb, you know? Because <laughs> like Futurama actually taught me about global warming and recycling in ways Wobble that wobble. stuck in my brain <laughs> as a you, you know a young arrogant youth <laughs> <laughs> i um i was a full teenager and like near adulthood <laughs> uh, when this episode came out so i was very aware <laughs> how I old just, are you you're talking about yourself <laughs> i uh somewhere between 39 and 40 <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Jinx, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 33, and I just keep thinking who could have guessed that my 30s would be where it's at? <laughs> oh, it's hands down the best time to be alive. It's. I just, I feel so bad for my partner because he's 25. Oh, good luck with him. Yeah, he's got five more years? Good. <laughs> I mean, he's doing 25 pretty well, but... Um, he's like an old soul, though. He yes. is an old soul. I've always told him, I like rarely think about our age difference because mm-hmm. emotionally and mentally we seem to be on the same track. But that's a mix of him being mature and me being infantile. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, we meet in the middle there. That's, that's very handy. Like Benjamin I... Button. <laughs> Please do not call my relationship a Benjamin Button. Also, literally. <laughs> like, what? Is Michael aging backwards? I don't know. He won't submit to any of my tests. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So this, uh, 
this episode starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Professor says that they're going to Ebola 9 the virus planet. Yes. <laughs> but first, they have to go to a scientific a symposium because <laughs> he wants them to be there and not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this is a different kind of cold open because a lot of the cold opens before this have been like, oh, we're flying and that planet turns out to be a bug, you know? This one's actually related to the plot. It's like setting things yeah. up. Well, that's, here's a, surprisingly, I tend to not remember any cold open. I'm very bad at remembering cold <laughs> opens. I like It if, takes if, you 30 seconds for your brain to turn on. <laughs> well, it's also because it's not 100% about the episode. So I'm just mm. like, yeah, why am I going to remember the part of the episode that has nothing to do with the episode? It's like Can the you prologue not remember the... in a sh- Shakespeare play. It's just to get your brain mm-hmm. thinking in terms of Futurama, but you're not actually going to retain any yeah. of the information. <laughs> that's, that's the three minutes that I'm on my phone before I put it down. <laughs> Solomon you put can't your remember phone the... down? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put it near. I put, like I like I rest it near me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So we're at the symposium. We never Wait, actually get no, to go to a bowl. You are skipping over the cold open. <laughs> no, one of the one of my favorite. Oh, the death clock. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, I do now remember. The professor introduces his invention for the scientist symposium, and it's a death clock, and Leela asks, is that thing actually accurate? And he says, it's occasionally off by a few seconds, what with free will and all. (laughs) I just love that line because he's so dismissive (laughs) of one of the... (laughs) Uh, but only a few seconds off, which is really... <laughs> <laughs> which, like, implies that most of our fate is um, predetermined, but we do have a little wiggle room. <laughs> you can enjoy that extra five seconds before your doom. <laughs> if you make the right decision. What's happening at that time? I don't know what I'd prefer, like, complete free will and, um, you know, the no afterlife or <laughs> destiny <laughs> and, like, fate being predetermined and then, like, I get to go to Valhalla. You know? <laughs> oh, Jinx, what I... the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, you I... know, like, fate normally goes with the idea of an afterlife. Yes. Like, everything's planned. The concept of forever is too much for me. That's, I just want it all. I want there to be an ending. <laughs> now... <laughs> even if even if I just became a tree and I could just like chill for like a or thousand like a years, Hall. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> See, my goal is to do something so terrible that if there is an afterlife, I will not be able to live it down. So <laughs> mm. I can't. I can't guarantee. Are you myself one that. of those like I'd rather party in hell people? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I definitely want to make sure everybody else has a bad time there too. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you're gonna be like an intern down there. <laughs> yeah, work your way up the ladder. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm 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 very goal focused. I'm a Capricorn. I gotta I gotta have a job. <laughs> Capricorn. Wow, we're like right in. No, we're like getting out of Capricorn. Yes. We're about to hit Aquarius. I think we are in Aquarius. Yeah, no, Already? we should be. Yeah, as of like two days ago or the Aquarius. <sighs> These yeah. cusps, I feel like they're <laughs> half the time. I feel like they're arbitrary. Like I think I know when the cusps are, and someone's like, "Actually, I'm a cusp," and I'm like, "What?" It's like six days away from when I thought that. Actually, if you go by this calendar and by this it's... reading. <laughs> 
it's uh it's a lot of stuff that's been written that's been made up in weird ways and some of it's fun and some of it's like i need to know what the rules are <laughs> i love the people who are like cusps don't exist that's all made up and i'm like all right and what about the rest of the stuff there <laughs> hey some of it come on some of it seems you know they're like on a to very something. vaguely written thing that could be interpreted <laughs> any way you want it to be interpreted. How like a Scorpio am I? Right? <laughs> I, I well, the thing is that I don't really believe in astrology that much, and the first thing about Capricorns is that they don't really believe in. <laughs> I <laughs> like, like what a trap. I'm, I'm like I believe in it because I choose to believe in it. Like. <laughs> There's like I'm basically a Trump supporter for astrology, you know. Like there, there's all kinds of evidence in front of me that there's no point to be doing this, um, but I choose to do it. It's like called willful ignorance, you know. Yes, <laughs> no, I believe <laughs> what I was programmed to believe. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> so, professor's got a death clock. Go into a symposium and um, <laughs> zoom in on the symposium. There's First a taxi all, cab. <laughs> the fact that the symposium was was hosted by Ron Popeil as head, I think that was a nice little nod to. <laughs> I'm, Who is Ron Popeil? I didn't know. Oh yeah, my I was god! Like... <laughs> oh my god! See, this is where the age gap jumps in. <laughs> Rombo Peel was one of those infomercial inventors. He's a guy that invented pretty much hair in a can that people sprayed in the back of their head. Oh. He made the food dehydrator as well. Like, like a Billy Mays truly, type. Yeah, yes, yeah. Billy Mays, before Billy Mays, as a matter of fact. So Billy Mays would be considered a Ronpo Peel type. Uh, I'm so sorry. There you go. You sounded like one of those idiot children who was like, I can't believe Elton John covered this song. And it's like, this is Elton John's song. This is a little... Yeah. God, <laughs> fucking get your shit together, Psychopath, you get out of my house. Children. <laughs> I feel like it also feels very weird that I'm t talking down to other 30-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> for not knowing something. Um, you know, I feel like in the queer community, a few years can make a big difference. Oh. <laughs> and I normally say that about drag queens. Um, oh, the f a few years makes a difference between uh, going on Craigslist and sucking <laughs> somebody's dick in the woods to... <laughs> <laughs> Having grinder. I don't know because it's cyclical. <laughs> it's cyclical because now, like my nineteen and twenty-year-old friends are hooking up in the woods because they think it's kitsch. Like they think it's camp. <laughs> How many nineteen and twenty-year-old friends you got, Jake? <laughs> More than I should have. <laughs> Unfortunately, drag queens are loved by many. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've never chosen the fact that young people are drawn to me. <laughs> I've I... lived with it. <laughs> I've done everything I possibly could to make sure it didn't happen. Unfortunately, I don't have to deal with it. But yeah, <laughs> young 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 queers just try to bring back some of the past, just to, you know, enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think they I, saw yeah. it on Riverdale. It's like retro for them, mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, that was just my childhood, and it feels like the, <laughs> and it feels like it's progressing faster now. You know, yeah. like I feel like um, retro is like ten years ago now, and it's like retro well, used see, to be like half a century, and exactly. now they're like. Everything moves too quick. Well, my issue is like, I don't like it when people get to do something for fun that I had to do out of regret and shame. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that progress? Like, I think I think about that in terms of drag. Sure. You know, like, um, when I did it, 
it was not fun. It was like, <laughs> like I did it for survival. I did it because I yes. like felt the need inside of me, you know, and and now it's like I'll just do Instagram for two years, go on Drag Race, become famous, and da 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 da. And it's like, it's like actually, I had to like perform in literal roach-infested bars. It is for, true, oh, yeah. Beer-stained, crumpled ones. <laughs> and I, I was living my fantasy. <laughs> I'm just like Sally Bowles. <laughs> You could not tell 21-year-old Jinx in her little purple slip dress that she was not the fiercest fucking lady on the planet. I was just, I just, I kind of leaned into the disgusting nature of everything that was going on. Look, as somebody who started doing stand-up during the Bush presidency, I, I, I know that feeling uh, a little bit. As, as I, I, oh God, I remember one time I had to do a show in Ellensburg, Washington to a... Oh, uh, conservative radio audience. They they only advertise on conservative radio. And my gay little ass had 45 minutes for the first time. And I was no. like, we're going to power through this together as a family. I am... Um, and I, you still I, see them once a year. There's no... Not a, not a laugh. Not even a breath for 45 minutes. I think... Oh, my gosh. I have so many ways to continue derailing our conversation. <laughs> so anyway, Futurama. Uh, uh, episode I like that. We see the symposium and it's a bunch of scientists standing around in lab coats and just the audio, you hear a bunch of murmuring, but then you hear the pre- professor go, oh my, yes. <laughs> just how he always says it. <laughs> and I just like little audio jokes like that. Yeah, I mean, like, it's I feel like... It's audio perfection. Or what did we say? <laughs> audio, audio heaven. 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 <laughs> which, which we weren't recording for, so we it's a reference to something that. no one will understand. But Nick said... So I mean, funny, guys. Audio so heaven. Funny. Like, like the most up his own ass douchebag ever <laughs> and he's just not an audio person so i i, I told admit him that i always I have for all of my fillers i have say, someone I'm come in, in at the heaven. end and do the audio it wasn't part. even ironic I'm more of a visual <laughs> storyteller it was earnest and that's the worst part is that it was earnest <laughs> i you're earnest because you're stupid and i'm scared of you <laughs> I'm earnest because I saved Christmas. <laughs> You're earnest because you gotta go to jail. <laughs> oh. um, um. First appearance of Wernstrom. <laughs> this is I love I love this dynamic between the two. Wernstrom, uh, you young whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like thirty years younger than him, but they're both over a hundred, which is fun. <laughs> thirty years younger than him. The professor used to. Um, Wernstrom was a student. Student of the professors. I don't know if that's revealed in this episode or another episode. But Why don't you are, remember that? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it was they in the flashback. They are. Lo- I don't know. I mean, I why, think why about a lot watching? of. I was watching. I have. Did you quotes take notes? Written down. I, <laughs> yes, I took notes. I always do, but I might have been looking at something else at that moment. But <laughs> okay. 
The point well, is- Well, we got to the bottom of that one. <laughs> I've watched so many of these episodes so many times, it's hard to remember what happens in what episode, even if I just watched that episode. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I didn't realize this. Their whole rivalry started because- the professor gave Warrenstrom an A minus for penmanship on like one <laughs> test, and their rivalry going through the whole series is all based on that a hundred years ago. Even if it takes a hundred years, I'll get you back. <laughs> it's not. It's not just that. Yes, well, it is. That's what he says. Okay, in you this don't episode. know because you didn't watch the flashback. You were diddling See, that's your what clit I'm or saying. something. My, diddling my clit. Excuse me. That's what I'm saying. Though is all my memories of this show blur together because I was like, but they both also dated mom, and it's like that never came up in this episode. <laughs> okay. I think that was a plot point they added later, just to, you know, add more story to the background of the characters. It's hard to be this, you know, like clairvoyant. Like, I feel. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're like gods looking down on these Futurama people. We know the oh past and the present. Which <laughs> reminds me that, like, Futurama and The Simpsons have predicted so many events of. of of our lifetime. Yes, they predicted very um, predictable things that our terrible behavior would lead to in the future if we chose to ignore the, them. That, but then also like, you know, the meme going around lately of oh, yes. uh, Lisa Simpson when it's the future episode we know, and Mom. she's the president. We know. She inherited all the debt from Trump. We know. And she's wearing the same outfit as Kamala <laughs> Uh, that was a fun uh, wrinkle. Okay, so in the in the second scene of Future <laughs> episode eight, um, we do see Ron Popeil. Yes, and uh, we get um, an introduction of what science experiments are like in the future. And Wernstrom's, which is apparently one of the best is uh, a reverse scuba suit, which allows a fish to kind of come out of water and walk around like a dog. But that doesn't even seem that impressive based on the technology that exists. But why would you want it? Part of the demonstration was disciplining the fish. It's like, (laughs) why do you want me to see that like fish aren't even that great? (laughs) And then we beat the fish. Then that's, yeah, Yeah. that's that's just... A little animal pet abuse in there. (laughs) The 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 fish is named Cinnamon, which I did think was funny. (laughs) The poor professor is... um, SOL right now because he brought his death clock and Wernstrom like, you did it last says, year I hope, I hope whatever you invented this year is better than that atrocious death clock you brought last year I love that it's oh so- I did did I and did it put all you young whippersnappers in your place hardly um, so the professor quickly whips up the plan, the blueprint for a smelloscope on a cocktail napkin <laughs> which I and I he describes the smelloscope. <laughs> the smell enters this cigarette burn, goes around this olive pit, and uh, this appears to be a doodle of me in a sombrero. <laughs> oh, and then Are what you is... a doodler, Solomon? I doodle all the time. I have a sketchbook uh, right next to me. I wish I could draw. Um, I just, uh, it's a skill that I have that I don't use for any purpose other than for my own entertainment. So it's really just, um, a waste of my time. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like in school, I would always see the kids doodling in their margins, and I would try and do it, and I would be like, my doodles suck. Oh, this well, here's, fun. here's the thing about doodling. It's not about uh, skill level. It's just about enjoying yourself. Be free. I don't understand the concept of, <laughs> of that. Doodling. There's no accolades. I can't be the best at doodling. Um, I, I think my like desire to doodle was killed um, by, I think her name was Alana in high school. <laughs> and I, Oh, here we go. <laughs> I was drawing something and um, I said to someone, like another friend commented on it and was like, hey, that's pretty good. And I was like, eh, it's all right. Noses are hard to draw. And then this <laughs> Alana <laughs> chimes in with just, no, no, they aren't. <laughs> like just out of nowhere and I was so upset like what if they are for me Alana and she was just always that type of person and she just really st stuck in my craw that day <laughs> and I gave up doodling then and there junior um, year of high school wow. I'll be honest with you I'm an Alana uh, to drive very <laughs> I oh. just destroyed so many dreams in junior high school. <laughs> I was like, oh, is that the best you can do? Well, good luck oh. with that for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, what you can see about Solomon right now is that he's beautiful, but what oh, you can't stop. see is he's six foot five, so the combination is very intimidating. You're six foot five? I'm Where very... was I the night we met? I feel like you I should be I think maybe Solomon was sitting down. <laughs> oh, yes, you know how I walk up to people sitting down. <laughs> you kind of but it's... putter up. <laughs> I mean, it's no joke. Like, Nick, every time I'm in L.A. with Nick, he wants me to meet, like, 18 people that I've... Okay, here's the difficult part. No, it's part. the same three people over and over again. And you just keep counting them. The difficult part is he talked about so many people for so long, like, just saying their names, and I didn't have a face to put to the name. Now I've, like, met all of them, but I forget which name goes with which face. So I'm imprinting right now so that Solomon, Solomon. will always be you in my brain from here on out. Because I thought I met you at a completely different point in time, which I think was a different person that Nick won't shut up about. Look, um, <laughs> it's happened to all of us. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I feel so, like life is just a long line of people introducing me to somebody. <laughs> that, especially when nice. you, I mean, I think that's true for everyone, but when you are in the entertainment business, mm -hmm. when networking is like a necessary sin mm -hmm. of your career, and then, I mean, I know I can only speak for myself here, but meet and greets have really fucked with my ability to re retain the memory of meeting a person. <laughs> like, oh, when you meet a lot of people at once? That definitely would. <laughs> there was a time. There was a time before the uh. pandemic uh, when I would meet 300 people a day. <laughs> that seems um, like a lot of people at one time. Just yeah, why were we ever con. doing that? No, 300. <laughs> 300, of course, was an exaggeration. But like on a Not show night. Not a drag night, con. At drag three, con, it was probably more drag than 300. Drag con, it's like a thousand people. But, yeah. um, but no, like on tour, you know, I could meet yeah. about 100 people a day between the crew and the, and the meet Beyonce and greet. That's a lot and... of people. <laughs> Yeah, I've been fortunate so enough to... So you'll forgive me! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Farnsworth so... Farnsworth is laughed off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which confuses me because Wernstrom like gets up and criticizes him and they he seems to have his revenge. But he also said that this exact same thing happened the year before. So I don't know why he's surprised or relishing it. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's whatever. We just need to know they don't like each other. You, you got this well, professor, you got that professor. They don't really like each other. Let's move on. <laughs> is this the part where he gives him the lowest grade possible? Yes, an yes. A minus. <laughs> a minus. A minus minus. minus. Oh, A minus minus. God, did I watch this episode? Um... So um, one of my favorite recurring jokes is that um, the professor calls everyone in to see the smelloscope and Fry goes, you built the smelloscope. And the professor goes, no, I remembered I built one last year. <laughs> Which only adds to, did he take the smelloscope there before? Like, <laughs> Yeah, where's he tucking it away? It's enormous. <laughs> it's enormous. Um, uh. One of my favorite jokes in the series, and I say this once per episode, this is my favorite joke in the series, the series. but the writing's pretty good, um, <laughs> is the whole Uranus erectum <laughs> moment. Yes. Uh, Fry smelling ooh, around. When I was in middle school and I heard that joke, ooh, I had a field day. Oh, oh, oh. and I thought, I felt clever for understanding it. <laughs> Oh, believe me, it's like uh, Dick's Burger in Seattle. Like every time I've ever introduced anybody, <laughs> some, like to, like we're gonna go get a bag of dicks. I'm like, look, I it's been 16 years. I <laughs> <laughs> the bag of dicks. Um, it's I normally was told the um, you want ever had dicks in your mouth? Dicks oh. in your mouth. Uh, yes. <laughs> We're going to go get some dicks. dicks in our mouth. But the hamburgers there are delicious. Yeah. Oh, um, it's <laughs> the best. But the fact of the matter is that I've, I've like, and I can't judge anyone new to the joke because when I was introduced to it, I did the same slew of fucking jokes. Oh, yeah. I now, like, as someone who, who comedy is a part of my job, there's moments where I end up saying the jokes that drive me nuts just because I have an opportunity and then I feel dirty afterward. <laughs> like I feel mad with myself for having made that joke. I can't remember the most recent one of those I had. I feel like Was we it all... my wife? <laughs> <laughs> no, a well-placed my wife is still good. It's very fun. <laughs> I like it. Somebody did like a really quiet my wife under their breath like a year ago. I don't remember who. Quiet my wife. But it just, it, got, it was so well-timed and it was so quiet and I just died. <laughs> So, there's something My about wife. gently telling jokes that, <laughs> that really does it for me. Um, hopefully so our, our listeners watched the episode so I don't have to actually do the Uranus Erectum joke, but it's very well delivered just by the professor. <laughs> just and hopefully the, they also watched uh, Borat. Otherwise, they're not going to have as much fun. And also... Hopefully they've watched Drag Race and didn't just stumble upon this <laughs> podcast by complete chance. They were just, they're only interested in listening to podcasts about the works of Matt Groening, even though they've never seen any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that Venn diagram is a very specific one. Mm-hmm. But hey, if we can charge them like a lot of money, if we can get a couple whales from that pool, we'll be set. <laughs> a couple and we can get yeah, that one know, like, guy to listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a whale is like in microtransactions? Yes, yes. 
Solomon? You no, see? not at all. Okay, so like what in a this? game on your phone, it's like you probably put five dollars into a game. No, you're like, I put How did they lots of no. Well, there you go. Oh, you're no, a whale. Stop. <laughs> I'm a whale. I'm yes, a whale. we're all whales. <laughs> I play I mean, Hearthstone and I give it like eighty bucks every three months, and I don't know why. <laughs> no, I don't give Hearthstone my money, but I gave. But the you're fucking... bad at Hearthstone, so it's different. That's. <laughs> Solomon, I made her a Hearthstone wow. deck one time and the season rotation came and she just let it auto redo. Like it didn't even have the hero card anymore. I it's don't not even the same know. deck anymore. I didn't like, I never play this game. <laughs> Look, honestly, Please if I pay stop. if I paid full price for a video game and they were like for ten dollars more, here is the ending of the game and saying you want, I would <laughs> I would pay it. I would buy it. <laughs> I went through a really um it was around the same time I was like <laughs> quitting drinking for the first time in my life. <laughs> I'm on the time that stuck right now, <laughs> but there were like two times before it. Um, and I replaced alcohol with the Simpsons tapped out game. Oh, yes. And um, I spent easily like, you know, I don't know. Hun- I'm going to just say hundreds. It wasn't like, you know, we, we didn't get to $1,000. And I don't think it was more than 500 But that much on a f- phone app yes. is enough. But it was an episode of South Park criticizing that game that got me to stop <laughs> giving it my money. And I've been in recovery ever since. Now um, I just play South Park. Tap, tap. <laughs> 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 but isn't it amazing how cartoons can have that effect on us? Oh, and yes. then cartoons can save us from other cartoons? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, it was getting on one of the leaderboards for one of those games that I was like, okay, you clearly spent too much money if you're... <laughs> <laughs> this only happened. There's it's, millions It's literally of a leaderboard for who paid the most money oh, no. in this game. <laughs> oh, my God. But that competitive aspect, it works on me. There's a ball of trash heading for Earth. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well, no. Fry smells it because he's sniffing around the universe. Fry smells it. Ball of trash heading for Earth. Everyone's confused. Professor says, you know, New New York is doomed. Bender says, let's get looting. And then we get to a wonderful line. Oh, here we go. Just as I suspected. The answer lies in this movie I found on the Internet. Um <laughs> And that's where we are at right now in (laughs) in history, because like I basically anything I want to learn, anything I need to know. I tell people who are like, how do you start doing drag? And I'm like, well, when I did it, we we struck a fire and (laughs) the older (laughs) queens would paint my face by the fire. Um, But now I just tell everyone to go to YouTube. So I felt like that was very prescient. Who said prescient a second ago? They should make some (laughs) YouTube videos on how to be funny during Snatch Game because that would really help. (laughs) Wow. Oh, not me. Not for you. Queens. I'm saying for the baby queen. You were just you were just saying that, but it felt pointed because you're such a little. Everything shit. else I say to you is mean. <laughs> Wait, first of all, Nick, people were being funny on Snatch Game in the very beginning. Oh, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> that is actually fair. Um, actually, it's funny. Like the actual good Snatch Games are so few and far between. And it's also, like I UK one. You know what's also hilarious to me? When someone isn't funny and there's no reaction. That is hysterical every time. (laughs) When somebody's like, here's something hilarious. And then there's like, oh, no. Let's just sit in the awkwardness. 
But this is uh, what I wrote down. <laughs> but this is. But I workshopped this <laughs> with my grandma. Um, I love uh, Fry saying, "Oh, in my day, <laughs> the only videos on the internet were porn." And the professor says, yes. actually, that's still true. And then I love the vocal performances here. <laughs> now yeah. that the uh, garbage is in space, Doctor, perhaps you can help me with my sexual inhibitions. <laughs> with gusto. <laughs> uh, there was a couple good lines. And, and by the way, the video tells us that there was like a bunch of garbage in Manhattan. And in the year 2000. <laughs> yeah, it also doesn't seem that unrealistic uh but they like take all of the garbage and they put it out on a barge and then the barge goes into space eventually and now it's coming back to earth for some reason i don't know why it's landing specifically on new new york again it just like slingshotted it boomeranged around the universe and that was that was one of the fears they had back then but i also truly love that since the the initial issue was from 2000 and how dire it was and how we're 21 years ahead of that (laughs) We still haven't done anything. We still haven't shot the garbage into space yet. Honestly, best idea I've heard so far. There was a lot of good lines in it, though. Like, um, the landfills were full. New Jersey was full. (laughs) And um, when they're getting the rocket, they're like, later on, the city used its mob connections to obtain a rocket (laughs) and launch the garbage into space, (laughs) which is very true as well. I love those things just slipped in there. Um, Also, when they had the garbage on a boat and they were sending it around from country to country, (laughs) um, and then he says, even that one really filthy country, you know the one. You know the one I mean. It could be any, (laughs) you know, like the joke is that like the racism lies in you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They're not going to say anything. I listed 10 countries in my head. (laughs) Funny enough, um, the barge of trash going from country to country, though. Did you know that happened to Evita's corpse? (laughs) No one wanted it? Did you know that happened to Ava Perone's corpse? Well, what happened is first she was like, um, you know, she was given like a saint's burial and a person was assigned to just preserve her corpse so she was like she was like a mummy she was like in a glass casket and he would just like replace the formaldehyde every day and do all this work on her every day hours and hours of work to just keep her preserved looking like she was still alive and because and then he became obsessed with her and then he like fell in love with Evita's corpse and eventually they said we don't want the corpse here anymore because she was part of this coup and this revolution that we've like moved past so get this corpse out of Argentina and they start shipping her around to different countries and no no one wants Evita's corpse because they're afraid they're going to like bring on the wrath of the people loyal to Evita and it ends up back in Argentina and then she's put into a tomb and the tomb's like haunted now. <laughs> Why isn't that the musical? <laughs> Evita 2, the story of her corpse. Her corpse. <laughs> I would watch it. Madonna can do it again. <laughs> Can you believe? It's like first of all, oh, I would all, love to see Madonna believe? dead on a table for an hour. That sounds great. Madonna dead on a table. We got her. We got Madonna. Let's do it. Oh, Avita too. Oh my goodness. I um, think that would, there's like a love song that he sings to the corpse. I think it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs>
Sorry for that tangent. It's just once I'm reminded of Evita, I can't help but. <laughs> That's a good piece of information that I'm now happy good I trivia. can share. Yeah. Um, we find out in the future, everything is completely recycled. Robots are made from old beer cans. Beer cans are made from old robots. <laughs> that sandwich you're eating is made from old discarded sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is new in the t- <laughs> in the year 3000. Um, I kind of love that. Isn't that what we're striving towards now? You know? Look, I've eaten other people's sandwiches before. Yeah. Can- <laughs> I'll eat a sandwich that I find. <laughs> I mean, that's what they do on Chopped on those episodes where it's like, take these leftovers and make it into something new. I guess that's that's, that's the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's always like, there's no follow-up with the leftovers. Like, whose leftovers are these? <laughs> <laughs> these, left- these fabricated leftovers. You know someone spent hours making that food look like it had been eaten, but it's yeah. just like sitting in the green room. Like, <laughs> like Somebody wasn't just randomly eating a meal and they just took it away from them and they're like, this is for Chopped. <laughs> I'm so glad you watched Chopped. <laughs> I love Chopped. I think I've cried on more episodes of Chopped than in anything in my real life. <laughs> I love Chopped for so many reasons. I think it's no, made me no, a better... No, we're, we're moving on. We're... <laughs> um, Futurama? We get the first appearance of... <laughs> we get the first appearance of Mayor Poop and Meyer, which is... <laughs> and his introduction is, this situation is extremely serious, Mayor Poop and Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, incompetent and um, a power-hungry weasel, just like every New York mayor ever, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mayor Poop and, and Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to have Yang be the new Poop and Meyer, am I right? <laughs> Wait, did we we are we talking? Did we get to the part where they actually went up to the garbage ball yet? No, they're they're about to make the plan. <laughs> okay, they're making the plan. There's an Armageddon type plan where they okay. have like kind of a floating 3D model, and they're going through all their options. <laughs> and the professor decides that they can plant a bomb on a fault line, and it'll blow it all up. I just love that, like, um, this is the moment in the episode where I realized this must be a parody of so many sci-fi asteroids falling to Earth about to destroy New York movies. It's like, I love that basically every episode can be, you know, like, can be tracked back to a reference of some mm, vintage sci-fi thing. But (laughs) because it's Futurama... If by vintage sci-fi, do you mean 2002's (laughs) Michael Bay movie, (laughs) Armageddon? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's was vintage that... now we already talked about this was it, it has to be 10 years old <laughs> I feel like that was like 98, 97 Armageddon's in the 90s? yeah whoa I oh, never whoa. saw it yeah it's well it's about Armageddon <laughs> you've never seen Armageddon? have you seen Deep Impacts? that one would be more up your alley that sounds deep impact up my alley. Deep impact That's is awesome. Armageddon for moms the most annoying thing part about Armageddon is that they survive so it's not even Armageddon uh, that's the whole point of Armageddon. False is, advertising. Uh, yeah. It has to happen. <laughs> like it can't um, not happen. <laughs> it can't. <no. laughs> um, I just love though that, like you know, because Futurama is a parody of all sci-fi. When Worm Wormstrom's trying to downplay the severity of the issue, he's like, "That that smell could be anything. Uh, some cheese on the lens, you know, <laughs> like the smelloscope equivalent of like this crackpot theory." Uh, and um, 
anyway, we've got the first. In- uh, <laughs> we've got the first appearance of Morbo and the News Lady. Yes, <laughs> but isn't and there also giving the news about yes. uh, the meteor coming to kill everyone? Were you gonna say something, <laughs> Solomon? Oh no, I was. I'm. I'm. I'm trying. I'm, I'm slowly remembering these scenes in order, even though I literally yeah. just watched this episode this morning. <laughs> and I thought it it's notes. kind of. It's kind of like when you watch an episode of Futurama. It's like taking a pill. You know, it's just all in there now. I don't know when mm-hmm. what part yeah. came first. <laughs> well, for me, I think I just had too much fun in my 20s, and now my memory is just like, hey, buddy, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, we can't, we can't overlook the fact that substances have killed all of our brain cells at this point. Um. I, I'm sure, I, like, I, like, I did very well in my SATs, but if you ask me any of those questions right now, I would fail miserably. <laughs> oh, don't give me an analogy. Don't you put a colon in between two words. I don't want to do it. <laughs> an analogy. Um, they end up on the the trash meteor. Um, they've got the doomsday bomb to blow it up before it hits the earth. Um, There's a, Bart, Leela... a pile of Bart Simpson dolls. <laughs> pile of Bart Simpson dolls. Bender eats which piece his shorts. Of, um, which piece of Jinx Monsoon merch is gonna be <laughs> up there on that meteor? Like, what did you over order? <laughs> oh, definitely like Vaudevillians tour T-shirts. Like, <laughs> so, and it's funny, you know, like. Um, I like the Vaudevillians. If I you're listening ha- to this, buy a Vaudevillians tee. Jinx is. <laughs> I don't know Jinx's... where they are now. Wait, they're, still, awesome? like, they're somewhere. They're in a warehouse. I don't know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to think. Uh, you know, what the thing is, is like we've over ordered things, but we'll continue to sell them and just mark down the price more and more <laughs> until they are gone. I think um, one of the depressing things that's happened in my life is finding like a rack of five um, <laughs> unworn Jinx Monsoon t shirts just like in my local Buffalo Exchange in Portland. Oregon. <laughs> I was like, who bought five of these t shirts and then immediately took them to Buffalo Exchange? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, as someone who used to work at Buffalo Exchange, we only take the winner's tees. If someone comes in and that queen was in second place or below, we don't take them. I also was thinking, like, this doesn't seem like... They had, like, a size run of my t-shirts, so I'm like, did they... Is this stolen merchandise? (laughs) Because it all should be in my basement right now. Oh, is there just a loose box out there that just got grabbed? I I guess, like, something fell off a truck or something. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I've... Just merchandise is just so... uh, Shirts are just so heavy to carry around. (laughs) It's mm. hard for me to design merch sometimes because I only wear black basic cotton <laughs> everything. <laughs> so like I don't know what someone wants in a t-shirt. Like Alaska You should just sell cotton onesies with like a cape attached. <laughs> black cotton onesies. <laughs> with That's an expensive no just... <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to know what's going to sell. Alaska's best-selling t-shirt, I think for the longest time was just the one that said your makeup is terrible and I'm like that's brilliant <laughs> yeah, it's a great that's I have that one brilliant. I got that one in my closet like, you don't need any context it's it's insulting to whoever reads it <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what people want in a t-shirt not me like saying like well, whoa, I'm your mom <laughs> <laughs> they plant oh, but- the bomb uh, 
it's supposed to be for 25 minutes, but it goes down to 15 minutes, and then it goes down to five minutes, and then it goes to 6H minutes. 6H minutes. What's going on here? 6H minutes? It's upside down. Oh, the professor down. set the bomb timer upside down. Uh, um, and it's really have... funny later because he's like, I could have sworn I read the manual perfectly, and he holds up the manual <laughs> and he's reading it upside down. Oh, it wasn't. It's like it's like oh, it was the the spot they were supposed to put it on was. Uh, it was like oh, this is uh, we're right next to hypodermic ridge. This must be where we. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we put them. Um, they they have to abandon the 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 uh, the, the, the doomsday bomb idea because it's only fifty. <laughs> it's only what is it fifty. Two they seconds. wouldn't have enough time to escape before um, the bomb went off. So but in doing like, so, they're dooming New York by yes, <laughs> yeah, by saving themselves. themselves, like Bruce Willis in Armageddon. Do you think they should have? Because they just go back to Earth and come up with and a new plan, fine. <laughs> and everything's fine. I mean, it's a fucking cartoon. We don't have to worry about that shit. Any- <laughs> um, well, but in all honesty, if I was ever put in a situation where, hey, you can save the world or or you can die, I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but the world is fucked. We're all dying together. <laughs> You're well, coming feel- with me, damn it. <laughs> well, also, I feel like they knew they had enough time to figure something yeah. out, and they've got like a freaking genius professor waiting back on earth it's like when i watch doctor who and they're like oh my god trying every to fucking make, episode she talks they're about trying doctor to who make now. like a decision she to save one them fucking british guy solomon and she just <laughs> cannot stop talking about doctor they're trying who. to make the decision whether to save themselves or save like the entire world and they always end up making the decision to save the entire world but also like you're with an intergalactic space genius who knows how to do everything like you should just trust that like he's gonna figure something Thing out at the last minute. Like to Solomon, be fair, I'm... he acts like a Looney Tune the whole time, so you can't really <laughs> trust him on anything. Doctor Who's never been like a reliable <laughs> source of savior. He's always been like, "I might save you. I don't know." <laughs> and you're like, "Okay." <laughs> he has such weird mood swings. It's hard to keep up. But now he's Matt Smith, and I'm into it. Um. Anyway. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, that's where I'm at in the series. I know I he's don't... so um, someone Futurama else now. Episode. <laughs> He's a lady now. I know. The doctor's a doctor. (laughs) But wait, isn't it? I know this is like way too late. The doctor's now a doctor. (laughs) I think it's like that joke where it's like, I can't operate on this child. It's my son. But like the the father was also in the car crash. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) That riddle. Yes, because the doctor is the child's mother. I want to go back in time to when they announced Doctor Who was going to be a lady and make some version of that joke because I feel like I'm like three years too late, but (laughs) it's funny. Like, okay, so let's workshop it. I think it's the TARDIS, the TARDIS, like... I regret God, that I did how's it this. Work? I'm glad it's still a sci-fi television show because it, we can like trick our listeners into thinking that this is like good for the podcast. <laughs> so if it's like if it's like someone's uh, person dies by one of those little, someone's dad is killed by one of those little robots, and then Doctor Who comes, and then they're like, "Hi, I'm Doctor Who," and then it's like, "How is it Doctor Who if it's the dad?" It's something like that, you know. I feel like, can we all get a sketchbook out? Why are we like, giving time to this? Like, no, stop I can't. it. Stop. I have no idea what this means. 
I don't I'm trying to understand the... why you're doing this to I me. I need to map it or out. Solomon. I thought Solomon was your friend. <laughs> Solomon's a very good writer, though, and I feel like we can crack this. Let's just no give one... it 30 minutes of our time. <laughs> no one likes I you. Would... Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we have to make fighting. a big ball of garbage <laughs> to shoot out the other ball of garbage. That's the yeah. new plan. Which so I the love. new plan is to find where could we find something the exact <laughs> weight and density of garbage? What about garbage? <laughs> um, Fry has to teach them garbage how isn't to something you garbage. just find laying around in the streets of Manhattan. <laughs> Look at this <laughs> garbage, garbage. This photo of your wife, pure Gar- garbage. <laughs> My favorite is when Mayor Poopenmeyer is making garbage and he just sort of lightly puts his <laughs> swivel. Chair on its side. <laughs> but it's not uh, so, even a good plan because they have to move all the garbage outside to collect it. So why aren't they just throwing it out the window? There's not enough time for this garbage to get gooey. You know, the whole plan <laughs> is to find something that has the same consistency as garbage, but that garbage has been aging for a thousand years. This garbage is fresh garbage. It's going to be more, it's gonna, not going to be as stuck together. It's going to be more but pointy. But what if they put some poop in there? <laughs> Because Fry, part of Fry's advice was I pooped in the, in the garbage yeah. can for a month. So maybe they all did that. <laughs> That's probably it. That was... They pooped in a garbage can for a month in the moments they have before. No, I'm, if the all of New York City poops in a bucket at the same time, <laughs> then that's like a month's worth, right? I feel like you're not a true New York, like, you haven't really been to New York until you've seen someone pooping on the street. That's like a rite of passage. Until then, you're just a tourist. I Solomon feel like I've lived s- in New York for a bit. <laughs> I've seen someone shit on the street in every city I've lived in, and I just every think that's just the kind of... <laughs> all across this beautiful country of ours. <laughs> and that's, I feel like that's the energy that I put out into the world. Hey, you feel like shit in the street? Do it in front of Solomon. <laughs> Is this, is this I, a safe place? <laughs> I was I've I was seen lots of things on the streets, but shitting has been a rare occasion. I was late to work uh, in my first month in Los Angeles uh, because mm. a man was uh, scooping the shit out of his pants into the garbage, and I was like, you know what? I'll just walk to the next stop, <laughs> <laughs> and I missed my bus, so I had Aww. to. <laughs> I have a really hard time with poop. <laughs> just like when I see it in the world, um, it really sticks with me. <laughs> My cat is um, she. It's this whole saga cat with the cat. Fine though, they're so dry. I know, but she. <laughs> but they smell so bad. She won't go in her litter box right now because there's uh, another cat in the house that's kind of bullying her. And they are having just like the weirdest turf wars right now. So she's been pooping on the catio, which means like I have to go out once a day and just scoop her poop like I'm a freaking dog owner or something. <laughs> like <laughs> the whole reason I've got cats is because I don't want to have to pick up the poop. And now she's found a way. Of course she's found a way. I do everything for her. <laughs> she doesn't even care. She's so withholding of affection. <laughs> is there a litter box out in the catio? 
we're working on it. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the solution is as many litter boxes yes, as possible. Yes, we know, we know, but we have to find a way to cover things. It's like we got to do one thing to do this thing. I tell you, living what a kind of temple life. are you building for these litter boxes? That you <laughs> like, what is going on with these? Litter? Like, is there? I. I don't know. You know, with the does every litter box have to be revealed? Like it doesn't. <laughs> with the quarantine, it's like everything has to be a production. Otherwise, I lose my freaking mind. Like I used to spend every day on stage, and now yeah. I'm just at home with people who hate me. You know. <laughs> like, I understand. I make a whole day out of going to CVS, so I'm not going to judge anybody. It's gotta be. I, oh my goodness! I get dressed you know what I just up like Miss Frizzle. What? We a- haven't talked about future. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized Amy and Hermes aren't in this episode. No. <laughs> oh no. I do, do you think do you think this episode was supposed to take place in between episodes one and two before they meet? <laughs> no, no, no. I just think there's so many politics around like these big studio network um TV shows. You know, you see it on every show. There's like the core cast of actors who play the core characters and then there's like the second tier cast because they don't want to have to pay everyone for every episode <laughs> yeah, the top dollar but like uh, then those people have agents who are like well you have to give them at least six episodes so we the, <laughs> look look they are, they introduce a black guy and an asian woman in one episode you gotta and give the audience gone. time to breathe because <laughs> that's a oh. major adjustment in a science fiction cartoon but <laughs> there's no nibbler either i still think this episode was like initially written to be the second episode or nibbler something. does not have to be in every episode there's plenty I of think. episodes with no reference to nibbler it might have been nibbler. So there's, <laughs> there's a um the news conference where they're telling everyone how to make garbage and i just think it's really funny that bender is in the background slamming beers and throwing them on the ground <laughs> i just like that job I like he that hasn't job. stopped doing that since then yeah. <laughs> so, so somebody get this robot some more beer <laughs> <laughs> like why does the beer even need to be drank at this point we don't have time <laughs> like, and also like the fact that they have to throw it on the ground before it's usable. <laughs> Honestly, I appreciate this giant garbage ball of fire taking its sweet time to hit Earth. It is just luxuriously getting <laughs> making impact. It's well, it's taken it's in the sights. <laughs> it's like when one of those queens a has a mega mix, and like the mega mix starts with like a full minute and a half of just house beats, <laughs> and some the host is trying to get the audience pumped by getting them to clap along, but the intro goes on for so long that the audience stops clapping, and they're like, "Really, she she should be here," but <laughs> and then. She she does like a monologue and it's like a little too long. <laughs> and she comes funny, halfway but she's out of the dressing well. room and she's yeah. teasing you by coming halfway out of the dressing room, but orders a shot and like takes a shot <laughs> all before she hits the stage. This is, <laughs> and also if it's followed by the most lackluster performance, I'm <laughs> fully. 
living room. <laughs> the most lackluster performance where she uh, spends the whole time grabbing the tips and kissing the person on the cheek and like Mwah. making small talk like, how's your kids? <laughs> Wait, I got to get back to this number. Hold on one second. <laughs> Um, they collect all the garbage and place it atop a rocket. And uh, the professor does a countdown. He goes, five, four, <laughs> three, two, three, three, four, four five, five, six. Oh, just press the button. And then and Fry tries to push the button. <laughs> and misses. It's a big red button. And Fry misses by a good two inches. And that is one of the funniest oh, things so funny. in the show. And, and now goes, I do it all the time in my real life. <laughs> <laughs> just to make myself laugh. Uh, um, how many the big red works. buttons do you come across? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, like if like the uh, an alarm's going off oh, yeah. <laughs> or something, and I have to push the button, and everyone's <laughs> looking at me to push the button, and they're all like, "Can't wait for the alarm to go off," and then I purposefully. <laughs> My friends love it. They love it. Um, 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 they, the plan works. Uh, they're they not succeed. worried about the, the garbage ball coming back because they're acting like 21st century people now. Farnsworth <laughs> gets his award, which they took from Wernstrom because he was, quote, a jackass. And all the other scientists hate him. And that's the end. <laughs> um, my... <laughs> When I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, this is when he gets the award, um, the Polluting Medal of Pollution. And, and I'm like, no, wait, that's a different episode where the answer to save everyone is to act like a 21st century person oh, yeah. and kill the planet for just carbon so emissions that time. Yeah. Not it's like paper waste <laughs> and solid waste. <laughs> There's no lessons learned is what the uh, moral yeah, the, of the story is. The point is, pollution will one day save us, so we better not will stop. will be one day longer, <laughs> and I officially declare that day robot party day, or it's a week, huh? Um, one week longer, but, you know, like, even that, like, so... You know that they're going to remove one second <laughs> from every day from now on? Is it every oh, day... Yeah. Or is it every year? No, they're not. At, they're not taking away a second. It's they're they're taking further away, away a second. From, no, the Earth is rotating at the same speed, so the days, the lengths of the days, will not change. The lengths of the year will change because the planet is further away from the sun, and therefore so its orbit. So one second a year. There's no seconds. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> They were talking, the scientists were saying- It's a different episode. Like, no, not, I'm not talking about Futurama. I'm talking about real life right now. Oh, that thing. Yeah, I don't care about that. Ah, we're all going to die from it. We can't... We're losing a second and you don't care? We're going to die. We're all going to die. Jinx, Are think we? about it for a second. I actually, I've been trying Solomon to for thousands fine. of years and it's not worked out. <laughs> <laughs> So, Solomon, we like to do a thing on this show where we say, hey, which character do you identify with and which character do you want to get in the sheets with of all the Futurama characters? Uh, I would definitely have sex with Bender easily. Um, oh, really? Oh, yes. I've never... See, Solomon has had many boyfriends over the years, but they're always just referred to. It's like on a sitcom where, 
Like, they don't want to pay for the guest star. So they're like, yeah, Joey's got a girlfriend. And you only see the back of her head. So I've never, I don't know what your type is. I've and had it's one, one boyfriend in, in our oh, okay. friendship. But he but was yes. around a while and I never saw him. Yes, it's also fine. No, I uh, I don't really technically have a type. Uh, but uh, a robot uh, that's slightly abusive seems pretty much like it would be my type. Okay, good. Um, Just, like Do you identify Roomba? with any? <laughs> <laughs> Do you identify with any Futurama characters? Uh, Leela, easily every time. Mm. You're yeah. both Leelas. You and Jinx mm-hmm. are both Leelas. Yeah, um, I'm a Leela <laughs> with a mom rising, um. <laughs> and I'm a Fry with an Amy rising. What's your rising sign? I would say my rising <laughs> would be the Professor. Okay, yeah, I see that. You've got a lot of good schemes. <laughs> I got good schemes. Yeah, and you have a disregard for human life. You know, I see it. Well, yes, I can definitely. We do scheme. <laughs> um, any final so, thoughts? Then, We're at the end of the episode. Yeah, I want to know just like, um, you know, what are your overall feelings towards Futurama? We've had so many guests who have never seen it before. So I feel like we have more conversation of why we think Futurama mm-hmm. is important and significant. Um, luckily, there were no like racist caricatures on this episode. So <laughs> oh, we wow. We really to... dodged a bullet there. <laughs> yeah. That's like one in eight episodes, apparently, because yeah. it's the eighth one. So <laughs> this, you know, I want to know from a Futurama fan, like um, someone who's seen a lot of it, like what does Futurama mean to you? And if you could list its accomplishments in your mind. <laughs> um it's, I would say it's profoundly irreverent. Uh, yeah. That's, it's just, uh, it makes amazing points that truly mean nothing, but they just sound <laughs> good. <laughs> I just, I love, I love it for that fact. I think I just mean science fiction is just the play in our own reality. Uh, and it's just so well done. And now that, it, and it's, and it's, it's so, it makes fun of so many things that I associate with that are still, <laughs> or like still being topics of discussion. So yeah, I think it's, it's good to watch forever because it's still going to remain relevant. <laughs> that that was so beautifully put. Like, <laughs> and it made me think about the fact that, like, you know, Al Gore's, like, Inconvenient Truth, like, includes a clip from Futurama <laughs> because that was the best... Al Gore realized the best way to explain global warming to the average American was to use a clip from this cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw Al Gore on the news the other day. He has been like spray tanning or something. <laughs> oh, I ain't no. judging. Or maybe he's right about the ozone and he's just getting more <laughs> sun. <laughs> he looked very like he looked like he'd been in Aruba or something. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now, once I reach Al Gore's age, I will be experimenting with cosmetics in ways that no one should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> he might have had some fillers too. I want you all to Google what Al Gore looks like now. He looks weird. <laughs> I have like had he got some something work snatched. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I have had some work done, but none of it is anything that like I think anyone like people close to me know what it was and can see the difference. 
but like she got a second butthole had... installed. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had the work done that most queens my age have had, so I'm I'm happy that my face still looks mostly like my face. But I do have this like thought about it where like when it gets too bad, I will do a complete overhaul. I don't give a fuck. Like, oh, why not? I, the second I become unhappy with it, I will have a new face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have such a field day with my body in the future. It is going to be, who knows what I would look like. Honestly, I will, I will, I'll make my skin in, in, into a new color if I have to. I will figure it out. When Ooh, that's an option, I nice want to go like, I, yeah, I want to go like lilac or periwinkle. I want to be metallic. Uh, yes, like Mario. Just like an obsidian or... <laughs> If I could, I'd be pink gold peach. Um, oh. That's oh, so we can only become Mario Kart characters now. <laughs> My favorite thing about pink gold peach is I can't remember. Who, this is a quote of someone, but it, I hate it just quote. said pink gold peach. <laughs> the best reference to nothing I've ever seen. Because <laughs> it's like, pink, pink gold isn't a thing. Peach never turns into a metal peach at any point. <laughs> this is just completely erroneous. Like, And also, pink gold peach is there. Baby Rosalina, baby Solomon. Daisy. These characters don't make any sense. <laughs> Solomon, did you ever play uh, the one where you can turn into Cat Mario and Cat Peach? No. So it's on, like it was it was on the Wii U, so no one played it. But there, it's coming out for Switch again. <laughs> They're like re- releasing it, but we could play online, and it's a really fun multiplayer if you want to play. Okay. I think it comes out in like a month. Well, What's now we're just making it... plans on the pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your addresses. <laughs> yeah. Can I get your social real quick? So, real quick. <laughs> so Solomon, um, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, future-wise, I'm working on a very fun HBO show, uh, season two of uh, Love Life. So if anybody would like to watch that in the future, that'd be great. Uh, but right now, I'm just at my home, existing. <laughs> You've got weights in the background. We get it. Oh, it's, it. Those are just fixtures. I'm doing literally nothing. <laughs> it's an installation. It's um, an art piece. <laughs> Um, congratulations on all the wonderful um, work that you put out into Thank the world. You. I it's always, I'm I, I I always learn about things way too late. So getting into shrill just recently. Um, I mean, Nick will tell you, <laughs> oh I God. like I'm excited about things like ten years after they were relevant. Um, so orange is the new black. I told her <laughs> oh it's God. this cool feminist show, lots of queer <laughs> characters. You know, watch it. And she didn't for like three years, and then like. Three years later, she walks up to me and she starts quoting Red about killing a chicken. And I'm like, I know. I fucking know. I want people to do things on my schedule. Um, (laughs) I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as we did um, recording it. And uh, we'll catch you again for the next episode. We've only got a few more episodes of Futurama left. So season one of I'm 40%. uh, 200. Obviously, I meant season one. <laughs> I think there's only one left. So just get, I'll tell oh you what. Oh my God, we're there. Write, one, write some shit down. You know what? And then I'll put fuck this in it. later. You do the outro, Nick. You know what? You fucking do the outro, okay? Uh, um, okay. Uh, so um, thank you for um, listening and um, come back next week and uh, subscribe to the Patreon. 
<laughs> like a good mom. Mommy, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Goodbye, that's, everyone. That's <laughs>